Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Listen, whether we like that episode or not, or whether we've enjoying the series so far, one thing is for certain. We've gotten another ally in the LGBTQ fight for equality. Come on, Loki. You better come on, bisexual, okay? See, we didn't know he was a member at first. You know, we just thought he was gender fluid. You know, that that can mean a few different things. We thought they were talking about the comic books, him reincarnating into Lady Loki, or, you know, so we, we thought a couple of different things. We didn't know that during uh, Pride Month, we were going to get this kind of confirmation, or are we reading too far into things? I don't know. I'm just going to choose to, you know, think that Marvel is taking a couple of steps forward before the comic book community sets us back all the way because we know it's going to happen. Y'all, this is your weekly bonus episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's talk episode three of Loki. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! So let's talk about it. 
this is going to be a solo episode. I don't have any voice messages. Look, I promise y'all, I'm going to get better about soliciting voice messages earlier in the day. I'm telling y'all, trying to get trying to get into the swing of this Wednesday thing is it's a lot for everybody, but we're making do, okay? I didn't have I didn't ask for opinions about this Loki episode until it was damn near time to record. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Y'all will get some voice messages next time. But these episodes are such a quick turnaround. I literally, you know, watch like two or three times during the day on Wednesday and then I do my notes and everything. I'm theorizing all this kind of stuff. And then I turn these episodes around for y'all the next day. They come out. The episodes come out on Wednesday. My episodes come out on Thursday. So it's a lot. So I don't always have time to voice messages, but I'm almost glad I don't have any because I kind of just want to shoot from the hip and give y'all some stuff before I get into the actual episode. This episode did not do it for me. It didn't. I, and you know what? I think Loki has been making me feel a certain way because when I woke up this morning, usually like WandaVision, WandaVision, first of all, I was like contemplating staying up till it would have been two o'clock my time, two o'clock in the morning, contemplating staying up to go ahead and watch the new episode. So I would have already watched it for pleasure. Then I'll watch it for notes and all that kind of stuff the next day because I was so anxious every single episode. I was loving it so so much they were giving me everything i needed it was i don't know it it just felt very different same with falcon and the winter soldier i love the ride people can say whatever they want about you know child y'all know folk will they'll they'll beat a dead horse about certain things you know it should have been you know uh six and a half episodes instead of six or you know they should have had this person do that they should have been casted it should have went in this direction okay well chad that's not the damn show we got so i don't know i'm i'm feeling that way about loki right now the first episode i loved it felt like we were getting set up for you know a whole lot of good shit second episode Loved a little less, but still, you know, it was an enjoyable ride. This episode, it felt like we did not go forward in the story at all. And you know what? What's really killing me is I'm seeing online people are in. Okay, let me say this. I knew before any of these three shows premiered that the fans, you know, a certain kind of subsection of fans, the ones that, you know, are going to make their opinions before they see it, and then once they see it, are going to be determined not to like it anyway. Those kind of fans. We all know them. We've all seen them in the comments. We've all, You know, some people are not going to enjoy content simply because they have to be an agitator or they got to, you know, why is everything changing and all this kind of stuff. You know, the people that want to stay focused in the past, don't want to move forward, you know the kind of people. that I knew before this show started, that Loki was going to be deemed the best of the three before we've even seen an episode. It was going to happen. We know that it was bound to happen. Loki is going to have to get like leaps and bounds better to jump ahead of WandaVision for me. WandaVision is in my top five MCU projects. I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's not in my top five, but I really enjoyed that ride. I love how it ended. I love Sam becoming Captain America. I love that journey. I love that it was rooted in current day, you know, what it means to be an African-American and the the struggles that we go through. And, you know, it's it's a lot of different things that kind of went into that show that I'm glad weren't sugarcoated. 
and I know people have tried to kind of reduce what that show was about. And it just really kind of goes to show you that some people really live in their own bubbles. But I won't talk about that show. Let me talk about Loki. Loki. I want okay, I'm enjoying the show. I don't want anyone to think that I'm not. I'm I am enjoying the show. But for something that's six episodes, that's something like this is officially gone into slow burn territory. And I don't know that you can do a slow burn with six episodes. Especially a slow burn with a show that's supposed to have, you know, good action because it's a Marvel movie. Don't remember that was one of the critiques people had about Black Panther. That Panther, ooh, not Black Panther, child, not Huggies. Black Panther that it didn't have enough action in it that they would have liked it to, even though it was one of the best origin stories told across comic books. We, oh boy, yes, see, y'all got me on the pedestal now, all because this episode didn't give me what I needed to give. Okay. I just, the episode, listen, it, it didn't do what it needed to do for me, okay? I, it moved very slow. I felt like instead of kind of inching upward, like going up a slope, we were kind of just moving sideways. The best thing about this episode was the ending. Not just because it went off, thank God. <laughs> but I mean, the ending as in that last like five minutes of them running around and you know, the meteors shooting down at them. I loved that scene, loved it a lot. But this episode was very banter heavy. We've gotten a lot of banter in this show. And sometimes like as good as the banter is between Mobius and Loki, sometimes it really feels like, okay, what's the point of this? And I know everything serves a purpose because it's really doing a lot of world building. And that's the problem. They've taken on this show and they have to do all of this world building, but they have to do it in six episodes. And so it it feels like we just kind of, you know, we go along on these episodes, you know, we're going great, going great, going great. And then we have to take like a big pause to explain what the fuck is going on. And it's a lot sometimes it is, you know. I'd, I don't want to keep shitting on the episode. I, you know, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. It was another episode. It felt filler to me in filler episodes in a six episode series is weird. And the fact that I think they've said this show is getting a season two child is weird to me. Like, give me another WandaVision. I mean, I'm just saying low key. I don't, you know, you can stick around the MCU but this, I need to see what happens in episodes four and five. I need the second half of this series to give me everything that I needed. And what's weird is this show, like everything is working. But for some reason for me, like these past two episodes haven't delivered on the level that the first one did. I loved that introductory episode. But episode two significantly significantly declined for me. It was much better than this one, but, you know, it still declined. This one, I was kind of bored, honestly. I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh, I got to watch Loki. <laughs> and usually 8 o'clock on the dot, I'm watching. I didn't watch it until about probably 9.30, something like that. I just was 
you know, lounge around child. I started working. Ain't that some shit? Normally, you know, I ignore the fuck out of my job for the first hour or so, and then I do my damn, you know, and then I, I start working a little bit until I come back and do my notes later on. But, oh, I just, I don't know. Let me not spin out. Let me actually just get into the episode because we can extrapolate a lot from this episode. A lot did happen. We did get a lot explained to us, and we might have gotten our first confirmation of an lgbtq character in the mcu maybe i don't know i'm taking it that way okay i don't know how the hell y'all are taking it but i'm taking it that way okay now we might i might have jumped to some conclusions but i guess until we see uh a, a low-key at, <laughs> at studio 64 child let me <laughs> what was it was the studio 67 or 64 listen y'all know i'd be out, out here pretending like i'm young so let me let me keep it up. Studio 82, you know. Let me just go ahead and get into this episode. Let's talk about it. And you know what? I do get to theorize a little bit. So it's going to pick up. I'm not going to be depressed during this episode. You know, just kind of around. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done the episode. We are going to talk about this episode. Let's get into it. The episode opens with Hunter C20, who was the hunter that got kidnapped in the last episode, and the Loki variant. Who, from now on, I'm just going to refer to as Sylvie, because now she's actually confirmed her name in the actual show, so I'm not going to wait until we get to that part. I'm just going to call her Sylvie, okay? Her mama named her Sylvie. I'm going to call her Sylvie. They appear to be inside of a restaurant or a bar or somewhere having frozen drinks, you know, with sugar around the rim and little umbrellas in the glass. She gets a brain freeze, and this starts a whole conversation about, you know, what causes brain freezes. Hunter C20 doesn't believe her definition of brain freezes. So Sylvie says, you know, like, let's test out the theory. She's told Hunter C20 to drink the drink and get a brain freeze. And then she'll just go ahead and ask her a question. When she does this, Sylvie asks, so how many people are guarding the timekeepers? Hunter C20 kind of figures that, you know, something's wrong here. And then the scenery around them suddenly changes after a couple of like reassurances sylvie asks the question again suddenly we see that this is all actually some kind of enchantment that's going on you know i was thinking that it was, they was child back in the past you know they used to be friends kiki and then haha and then hunter c20 was just tricking us but now this was just a little a little piece of enchantment child and it's happening right before Loki, Mobius, B-15, and all the other Minutemen and Hunters arrived in Alabama. I think it was in 2044, 20, something like that, 20, no, 2055, I think it was. And uh, right there in Alabama at the Rocks Cart, she gets her to tell her how to find the elevators that lead to the timekeepers in the TVA. And she tells her that they're gold, they're gold. That's how she'll know that she's arrived at the right elevators. Now we pick up from when Sylvie walked through the time door at the end of the last episode, and she actually arrives at the TVA. Clearly, she's looking for those golden elevators. After encountering a minute man and, you know, attempting to use her magic on all of them, she obviously fails because magic does not work inside of the TVA, as we've learned from Loki in episode one. So obviously this tells us that I guess it's a leap to make, but I think it's a pretty found one. It tells us that she's never been to the TVA before. This I feel like might be important later. So just keep that in the back of your mind when you're watching the second half of this series. Because of this, 
she has to actually like fight him and the other minute man that come along with just like sheer strength and cunning ability to you know dodge their hits or whatever the fight scenes are kind of lacking in loki i don't know i wish we could got some you know some some daredevil style, you know, running down the hallway, whooping ass with the fight in the stairwell. Y'all know daredevil, daredevil gave, okay. It gave us some fight scenes. If it, if it didn't do anything else, it gave us some fight scenes. Okay. There, oof, she ended up, you know, stealing a couple of those magic obliterating wands, I guess. I don't know that we've seen in the series thus far back at the actual time door that she opened to come through to get to the TVA. Loki appears because remember she left the door open for him. He arrives at the golden elevators right after she's kicked both of the minute man's asses who are guarding those golden elevators. Loki asks her if she's sure she's a Loki and she replies, you're in my way. And Loki says, you are my way. Battle of course ensues, but banter of course continues as well. Loki says she thought, you know, he thought that they could actually work together, but now he sees that that's not an option. Now, Ravana Lexis Renslayer, the judge on the series, shows up with two minute men looking to apprehend both of them, or better yet, making sure that they don't get up to that damn floor where the timekeepers are. See, Renslayer, we looking at you a little sideways during this show. Your ass is up to something. Now, we don't know what the hell you're up to right now, but your ass is up to something. We go figure it out. You behind it. If you open them damn golden elevators and Kane the Conqueror is the damn uh, uh, bailman pushing the damn buttons on the elevator, we gonna know something wrong, okay? We got our eye on you. Sylvie threatens to kill Loki if they come near, and Renslayer's like, Bitch, don't threaten me with a good time. Go ahead. <laughs> As Renslayer charges them, Loki opens a time door beneath them and gets them to a new location before she actually makes contact and obliterates their asses. They arrive inside of some like shack type place. I think it's a mining shack and they fight over the temp pad, of course, which is out of juice anyway. So neither one of them can use it. Loki gets a hold of it and he hides it using magic. But because remember, they're outside of the TVA and magic works, you know, outside of the TVA, just not inside of the TVA. The time variance authority is fair game. As they're about to fight again, a meteorite like comes crashing through the roof. Suddenly, we're shown that Loki and Sylvie are on a planet called Lamentus One in the year 2077. Sylvie immediately recognizes they're on Lamentus One because, you know, she's been in all of the apocalypse places, okay? All of them. She says this is the moon where the planet in the sky is about to crash into and destroy. She also makes it pretty clear, though, that no one, and I mean no one, ever makes it off of Lamentus One. You'll need to know that because, child, they ass might not make it off either. They run through a minefield of meteorites crashing down all around them, and they make it to another, quote-unquote, safe haven inside of here sylvie tries to enchant loki but it doesn't work because according to him not me i'm not saying the shit his mind is way too strong so again let's just fight in my jackie christie voice <laughs> why do i always bring reality tv into these episodes i feel it's just it's a part of my my fiber my well-being loki says Let's just call a temporary truce since neither of us will get off of this moon unless they recharge the temp pad. Sylvie lets it be known that her grand plan was 
years in the making. And as soon as they get the Tempad charge, you know, under this little truce that they have, she's going back to the TVA to finish what she started. In the meantime, she lets him know that, you know, there's just enough. All they need is a little power to, you know, travel through interdimensional time and space, whatever the fuck that means. Listen, this show is starting to become too damn convoluted with the the space travel terminology and the the time travel jargon. It's it is it's kind of a lot. Side note, I want y'all to know that my Marvel obsessed best friend, the one that got me into comics in the first name, not the MCU because I have another friend, you know that we MCU was kind of our thing, but he's the one that got me into comics. He's kind of tapped out of Loki, which makes me so sad because we're the ones that like discuss theories every single week after the episode is actually aired. He's kind of tapped out and he just said that he's going to binge it when it's all over because goddamn, the same reason. It's all just becoming a little convoluted and have to spend so much time explaining everything that we just watched. So it's a lot. I don't know. I almost don't blame him. Like I would do the same thing except... You know, I have a podcast and a weekly clubhouse room on Fridays. Make sure y'all sign up and, you know, become a member of Melanated Bravo. And then check us out on Fridays where we talk all things Loki. You know, I have a podcast, a weekly clubhouse room to attend. I need the show to pick up a bit because I don't know. I don't know if a slow burn pays off when the series is only six episodes. Okay, let me stop complaining and get back to the bullshit. They leave the mining shack and they head towards town. They banter, of course, back and forth, which it's a lot of what this series seems to be. Banter between Loki and whomever his counterpart is in that moment. During this bantering, she tells Loki not to call her variant, which, you know, he says, well, I'm not calling you a bad, you know, I'm not calling a bad, what do you say, carbon copy of me, Loki. And she's like, well, good, because I don't go by that anymore. And she instructs him to call her Sylvie. Okay. Okay. So are we assuming that this variant is like some kind of hybrid between Lady Loki and the Enchantress? The Enchantress? That's going to be, listen, that shit trips me up every time I say it on this damn podcast. Lady Loki and the Enchantress? There we go. In the comics, Loki actually gives her powers after he creates her. So maybe this is like already happened in one of the other realities or timelines or whatever the hell is happening. I don't know. I'm not going to theorize on it. They continue to make their way to town and banter about him working for the TVA, her ultimate plan, which, you know, she doesn't reveal, uh, and a lot of other shit. Once they arrive, they see... No one is in town. No one. He asks if like a neon sign that they pass by can actually be used to charge the tempad. And she tries to trick him into using the neon light, but he doesn't fall for it. Which is when, you know, she reveals to us that it requires a massive power source to actually charge that little ass tempad. Which I guess makes a lot of sense since it literally controls different functions of time so i guess it will require a whole lot like maybe a sun-sized you know source of power or something i don't know they trying to charge you with a train but you know let me stay the fuck out of people business okay 
They arrive in a little shack, and Sylvie is about to use brute force to get in. But, you know, Loki's like, let's try a little diplomacy. Let's try to be, you know, regal, nice, good people. Child, Sylvie don't want to hear that shit. Sylvie kicks the door open and gets her ass blasted about 50 feet back. Loki then attempts to, you know, calm the woman inside. And then through the window, he actually sees a picture of the woman's husband and transforms into him and attempts to trick her. Child. Apparently, Loki was being too damn nice (laughs) as the husband. And she blasted his ass back where Sylvie was, right there kneeling on the ground. He should have walked up and talked to her ass like Yvette talked to Jody and Baby Boy when she found out he was cheating. You know, something like that. That's the kind of talking you need to do. Not quite like Ike and Tina and What's Love Got to Do With It. Not anime. Not that kind. But, you know, a little little piece of, you know, Jody and Yvette. That'll, That'll do you some good. It's important that, you know, after being blasted, she says, you're no travelers, you're devils. That seems to be a really big theme in this show. I think we've gotten a devil reference in every episode so far, if I'm not mistaken. Let me find out Marvel is uh, in the Illuminati now. Okay, let me stop. (laughs) You know, whenever something, uh, you know, whenever black folks hear anything demonic, it's Illuminati fault, child. The Illuminati, according to black folk, they killed Aaliyah, Tupac, Biggie, you know, the original Aunt Ville from Fresh Prince. I know she's still alive, but <laughs> it's safe to blame them for her firing, okay? When the woman comes outside and asks, you know, what you devils want with me, they ask where everyone is, and she replies, the Ark, which is like the big evacuation vessel that they're using to try to get the hell off this moon. That's enough power to charge up the Tempad. She said the train is on the edge of town, but you'll never get on it because you don't have tickets anyway. They arrive at the train where poor people are trying to get on board, but only the wealthy are allowed on. It's given Snowpiercer, okay? Have y'all seen that movie? It's got like... Chris Evans and Octavia Spencer and uh, the ancient one, Tilda Swinton. It's good. It's a good look. You know, if you're a sci-fi movie fan, then you've got to watch it. Child, I got a whole damn TV show about it now, but I don't watch this shit. Not not that it isn't good or anything. I just I haven't watched it. You know, maybe I will. Maybe the fuck I won't. I don't know. Child, anyway, <laughs> they're trying to come up with a plan to get on board after seeing that long ass line. And when they can't agree Loki simply transforms into a guard with the same uniform uniform on as the others, and he escorts Sylvie on board. They get to the guard that checks the tickets, and he won't let them through. Instead, he calls his boss, and right before he does, Loki uses his, you know, whatever kind of magic he got this episode. It seems to, you know, change a little bit. I don't know. The boss walks over and asks if everything's okay. The guard says, oh, yeah, you know, I just remembered that, head, you know, headquarters radioed in and, you know, said let them through this morning and yada, 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 basically co-signing everything Loki just said, you know, right in the nick of time. So now they're going on to the train. Yippee-yay-yo, yippee-yay-yay. Hey, have you guys checked out the dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. 
Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high-quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. Once they're on the train and seated, they banter once again. And ultimately, Frigga comes up, you know, Loki's mama. And Loki speaks very highly of her. I think we're going to get a Frigga appearance somewhere in this show before it's all said and done. Like, they've got to wind up on Asgard at some point, right? I don't know if it'll be the few, you know, well, it's destroyed Ragnarok, but maybe there'll be another incarnation of Asgard in the future. Maybe they'll go to the one that's on Earth. Maybe they'll go to the one in the past. I don't know. But I feel like Asgard has got to be introduced on this show at some point. They wouldn't be name dropping Frigga this damn much if she's not going to, you know, make some kind of little appearance. I don't know. <sighs> that way, I guess. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's another Asgard. Maybe it's Sylvie's Asgard. You know, that way we can see the differences between her Asgard and Loki's Asgard, the MCU Asgard that we're used to seeing. I don't know. He also finds out that she's, you know, always been aware that she's adopted while, you know, we know that Loki did not find out until much later in life. When he asks Sylvie about her mother, she says, well, you know, I I barely remember her. Now, see, I don't know if this is because, you know, something happened to her version of Frigga when she was like a young girl. Or if this is implying that Sylvie has been working this plan and going through time and, you know, doing all this for so long that she just literally can't remember her. We're seeing, I don't know, we're seeing a gentler side of Loki in this scene, though, because he's reminiscing about Frigga and how she, you know, would do magic for him when he was a kid and how she knew that he could, too, because he could do anything. Aw, how sweet. Encouraging mothers, aren't they the best? Come on, good mama. We also find out that Sylvie, Sylvie actually taught herself enchantment. She didn't learn it. She didn't have anyone to teach it to her, I guess. But somehow she just picked it up. I don't know. I feel like she's maybe hiding how she really learned this. I feel like maybe another low-key variant might have taught her. I don't know. I don't know if this would be important to the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I always like to mention the stuff that I think might even be you know, not too important because it might end up being super important. The shit that we think is important doesn't matter at all. So why not mention it? They start a conversation about love, which started when they remembered that the woman that blasted their ass is 50 feet in the air and, you know, how she chose to stay and how she got so emotional when she thought Loki was her husband, you know, all that. And Loki asked if there was someone waiting for Sylvie at the end of this whole, you know, jesus christ crusade that she's on she says yes jokingly but then puts it plainly that maintaining a long distance relationship is pretty impossible across time but then using beyonce's internet to stream disney plus in the month of june we get the moment that sets the internet on fire 
I mean, I assume. I don't know. I, I didn't check, okay? <laughs> we just go assume, goddammit. I don't know. She says, well, what about you? You're a prince. Must have been, you know, would-be princesses or perhaps another prince. And he responds, a bit of both. I suspect the same of you, but nothing ever real. Okay, low-key, we see you. Ew. You better come out of the closet during Pride Month. Okay. I think Loki, my new favorite, actually. You know what? This is my favorite of the, the MCU shows so far, you know? <laughs> and let me tell y'all something. Joe or Anthony Russo, whichever Russo brother was doing all that pump faking and pretending to be one of the nieces in Endgame, stop it. That was barely a blip on our damn radar. Now, Loki, on the other hand, being confirmed as bisexual, now that's a whole vibe, okay? Now she's got Loki thinking about what love is and, you know, was that really love when that power top named Chuck had him upside down on Asgard hanging on the ceiling fan or or was it just lust? Okay, let me stop. <laughs> See, I'm setting the community back just like uh the Russo brothers did. Okay, now nah, let me stop for real. <laughs> I keep trying to get a Marvel deal. I want somebody at Marvel to sign me. Then people go listen to this podcast and be like, you know what? Boy, fuck you. <laughs> A little later, Sylvie wakes up and Loki is singing to the entire bar, drunk boots, okay? When she sings, she sings, come home. When she sings, she sings, come home. I ain't, I ain't never seen that at the uh, karaoke bar. You know me, when I go to the karaoke bar, I normally do, you know, maybe a little Tony Braxton, you know, love should have brought you home. Or, you know, maybe her sister Tamar, uh, long way home. You know, something, you know, a little, maybe a little Beyonce, you know, a little uh, uh, Usher, you know, something like that. I don't know who wrote this damn song, but I ain't trying to sing that shit at the karaoke bar. That shit kind of... I don't know. That's a little. That's a little whack. They <laughs> they need to get them girls from Cherish on uh, the encore to maybe write Loki a little hit. But I don't know if they like. They seem to like it on the train. So if they like it, I love it. After the karaoke subsides, she goes over to him and says that something is off because some authority figures were staring at him. He rambles about, because, you know, remember, he's drunk boots. He rambles about what love is and how it's like a dagger, but the shit don't actually make a lot of sense. The security cards come in, like, right on cue, and battle ensues once again, just like banter is always ensuing. See, the battles that ensue, I don't, they, you know, they, they're battles, but they just really kind of, you know, low-scale stunt you know stunt choreographed little fight scene i don't know i expect a lot more magic usage and you know i give me a little piece of wanda maximoff i'm just i don't know i'm let me stop i'm being so hard on loki but oh lord i just you know you can do better child <laughs> child loki drunk ass tried to help sylvie and he threw that damn dagger and almost took a whole head off like he that damn scorpion and uh, doing a mortal combat fatality get over here i said loki don't you help me during a goddamn fight not when you that damn drunk they either jump off the train or get thrown off the train i was you know me i'll be looking down at my phone sometime i don't really you know see that stuff and immediately discovered that the temp pad is now crushed sylvie 
is ready to whoop some ass. But instead, she you know she does her little, you know, her therapy breathing exercises. She lets out a scream like them uh, girls, the Real Housewives in New York were doing when Leah brought in that healer. You know, they were just screaming. She just let out a scream. And then she went and sat her ass down because she felt defeated. And Loki went and joined her immediately. They start talking about their options and Loki basically asks what happens next. She says, well, the planet crashes into the moon. He like, well, what about the Ark? Or, you know, the Snowpiercer train as we're going to call it. And she's like, it never makes it off the moon. So like she was serious when she said everybody dies here. Like nobody makes it off of here. Lamentous one is literally the worst apocalypse of them all. <laughs> And she, you know, she she basically tells him, like, ain't, ain't shit we can do. Ain't nothing we can do. We dead. He's like, well, we've never been on it. So basically, they decide they're going to hijack the Ark and make sure that it gets off the moon. On their way back to the Ark, of course, you know, they got to they walk, child. I ain't got no other way there. They, guess what? Start bantering once again, back and forth, back and forth, a little bantering, bantering, back and forth, back and forth, once again. And she tells him about enchantment. Now this I made sure to, you know, kind of pay close attention to because I always feel like when something is described in such detail, it's because it's going to come up again in the future and we really need to like commit it to memory the same way when Loki in episode two is explaining, you know, about how the TVA works and uh, the, the reset charges and all the kind of stuff when it got to that Renaissance fair. She says, I have to make physical contact and grab control of their mind, which depends on the mind. Most are easy. Others, stronger minds, are tricky. She's in control, but they're there too. In order to maintain control, she has to create fantasies from their memories. This banter like is at least useful because we find out not only how enchantment works, but also that one of my theories, one of my theories from last week was correct. It was correct. And y'all it's go appreciate me. Okay. Remember when I was talking about like how there are going to be multiple Mobiuses because that's how it was in a comic book and how I think that TVA people are basically all of the people like Loki, the variants, who are displaced from their own timelines. See, this is why y'all got to come to my clubhouse room because I don't remember if I said it on a podcast episode or if I said it in clubhouse. We had a whole conversation about it. We find out that Hunter C-20 was difficult to enchant because basically she has some fucked up memories and how things were for her like 100 years prior to becoming a TVA agent. Loki's like... Wait, what? She was a regular person that loved margaritas. Like, you know, you heard what the fuck I said. Nope. They're all variants, just like Loki and Sylvie. Nobody at the TVA is special. They all variants. They got displaced from their own timeline. And now they probably got in their memories just wiped clean like in uh, Men in Black. And now they, they, you know, they're serving the quote-unquote three timekeepers. Now, child, we... I guess we'll find out about the damn timekeepers at some point, but who the hell knows? Side note, this is what this episode appears to be. Like, maybe that's why I just wasn't so overly impressed with it. It seems to be just a lot of banter that, you know, just so happens to world build. But that's also, you know, what the first two episodes were. Okay, let me stop complaining. I'm just saying, like, at this point, 
if we wanted to, you know, just world build, we could have read the damn comic books. Y'all could have dropped a, a 20 issue comic book and we could have world build in there and gotten some good action and everything else. Y'all didn't have to rush to do a, you know, a six series. Oh, you did. Let me, you know what? <laughs> let me stop. I think y'all can just tell how I feel about this episode. I'm trying to be, you know, upbeat and spirited, but I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it for this episode and that's Okay. You know, stuff has bad episodes, just like the reality TV episodes I do. There are bad episodes there. Nowadays, you know, I just don't cover them at all. <laughs> but, you know, I, they, everybody has a, a lag. Now, there'll be some people online that tell you that this is one of the greatest episodes of TV ever in history made just because they got to be the opposite and they got to be, you know, <sighs> they got to be so damn difficult, child. Let me move on. Them people ain't bothering me and I'm damn sure not bothering them people. They come up upon some people who are like having a lot of free spirited fun, but all hell kind of like starts to break loose. The meteorites start shooting down everywhere and we get what I think is such a, like a beautiful ending one shot visual of all of them running around. Like it's almost like a scene right out of like ready player one. If I've never told y'all before, I think I have, but I have like two go-to movies that I just love and I could watch literally a million times. One of them is Ready Player One. I love that movie so much. I don't know why, but it just, it, it does it for me. And the second one is uh, Catch Me If You Can. That is my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie and it's my favorite movie of all time. That should tell you a lot about me as a movie buff, a movie watcher. I love me some good movies. Those two Two of my favorites, really random. And then I got a lot of, you know, favorite black movies, but y'all ain't ready for that conversation. Maybe I'll do an episode on that, you know, invite some people. We'll talk about black movies and stuff like, you know. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that one day. This is hands down the best part of the episode to me. This, like, ending, just so I love, like, I'm a sucker for visually beautiful scenes. And this was one of them. It looked like straight out of a... I don't know, like straight out of a video game almost. It was just cool. Ready Player One is video game-esque, so I guess that's why I'm saying that. I don't know. Loki, at one point, uses what we think is magic to try to stop, like, shit from falling on them. But it also, you know, there's theories going around online that, you know, when he was in that drawer with Casey and he looked and he saw those stones, maybe he grabbed one of the time stones, but I don't know if it... Maybe it does work in that reality. I don't know. But maybe he grabbed a time stone and that's how he reversed it and made it go up. Or maybe he just uses damn magic. We don't... I don't know what Loki's powers are no more, child. He just... He just, you know, doing shit as he do it. Then, you know, they're fighting and while running towards the arc during all of the chaos. And then, boom. Chance is destroyed. Episode ends. We don't know where our anti-heroes are going to go from here. If they'll ever get out that island or if they just go damn die, who knows? Why don't we discuss a couple of theories that, you know, we could deduce maybe from this episode to talk about the second half of the series. So why did I forget that Sylvie becomes a young Avenger in the comics? I completely forgot that. Remember when I theorized about that character in episodes one and two, I was focused on, because, you know, we didn't know who the, the variant was, I was saying there was a good chance that it was Kid Loki because simply for the fact that I was been, I've been so focused on the Young Avengers that it made sense to me that it would have been Kid Loki because he's a Young Avenger. I completely forgot about uh, 
Sylvie's ass. Completely forgot that she becomes one. If you don't know, I've been going the fuck on and on about the formation of the Young Avengers in the MCU ever since doing my WandaVision episode. So if you haven't listened to those, go back and check them out. Oh, you don't remember? Don't worry. I'll run down my list again. We've got Patriot, a.k.a. Eli Bradley, who we met in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Quit playing with him. Put some respect on his name. We got Wiccan and Speed, a.k.a. Billy and Tommy in WandaVision, her children. We got Cassie Lang, a.k.a. Stature in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is coming up. You know, we've seen her character in movies before, but now the character has been recasted. Someone that, you know... I'm guessing because she's a little bit more of a better known actress and they believe in her a little bit, you know, so that that's gotta be what that's forming to. Uh, we've got Kamala Khan. Now she's a new Avenger. She's not necessarily young Avenger, but she's on the younger side. So, you know, I think that with the MCU, anything is possible. Maybe we'll get Kamala Khan or maybe she'll stay over there with Captain Marvel and uh, Monica Rambeau and just be one of quote unquote, the Marvels. And now We've got, let's see, we've got maybe Kid Loki coming at some point. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a rebirth by the end of the series. And we've got Sylvie now. So that's a lot of damn characters. we got a lot of folks. Oh, and don't forget, later on, either I think it's this year, we're going to get uh, Hawkeye. And in Hawkeye, we're going to meet Kate Bishop. So that's a lot of, oh, and a child look. This list just keeps growing and growing. We also know that America Chavez is going to be in uh, Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So we got a lot of them. So I don't know if this is, you know, this is leading towards that, but hell, it might as well be because as many people as y'all got in there, y'all might as well do a damn team build up. Theory number two. Will we get a little more clarification on Sylvie in the MCU? Is she going to be Lady Loki? Is she going to be the Enchantress? Or is she going to be the MCU's kind of hybrid character of both of them? I don't know, but I'm hoping that we get a little more clarification before this series ends. Theory number three. They said that episodes four and five is where shit really goes off the rails. So what do we think will happen? My theory is, you know, we know that Black Widow comes out in theaters right before the low-key finale. So between episodes five and six, I think something will happen that's going to tie those projects together. It's going to tie the, you know, the series finale to Black Widow actually being released in theaters. Now, what could that be? I don't damn know, okay? Could we get Natasha from a different reality somehow, you know, connected into this story? Is Natasha going to end up being a variant working for the damn TVA? I don't know. Or are they going to go to Vormir to see, you know, what the hell's going on? Maybe they need the Soul Stone for something. I don't know. Then I guess maybe one of them got to get sacrificed at that point, and then shit's really going to get fucked up on the timeline. I don't know. We've got a lot to think about. Episode it can't go anywhere but up from here. So I'm excited for episodes four and five. I'm excited for the finale. I'm really excited more so for anything. I'm really excited for Black Widow. Honestly, I've been hearing amazing things. I'm hearing that the action in the movie is great. I've always said that if they did Black Widow like they did Winter Soldier, then that movie is in good hands. And I feel like it's it's kind of similar. So 
let's all keep a, a good face on for Black Widow. Let's all keep watching Loki. And guys, that's all I got for you. Come to the Clubhouse Room every Friday. We're going to discuss Loki or whatever Disney show, project, whatever is out. And I'll see you there. See ya! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.